Right, let's begin. And I'd like to begin by taking refuge. Uh, this is a way for me personally to turn my mind towards uh, the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. It's a supreme refuge, refuge in awakening itself, the teachings, and our interconnection. So I take refuge in Buddha, I take refuge in Dharma, I take refuge in Sangha. So tonight's uh, talk is entitled, Opening the Skies, Love and Spaciousness. And we're continuing uh, to unfold the teachings of the five great elements. And we spent the last three weeks on spaciousness. So this will be the third week uh, talking about the space, the element space or the great element space. And today I want to talk more specifically about how we can practice with space or spaciousness. Last week I said that in the Zen and Tibetan Buddhist traditions, which are considered the essence traditions, uh, spaciousness and emptiness is considered the ground of being or another way of saying that is the mind ground or another way of saying that is the heart of who we are so it's like bringing us and this is this is part of you know, an essence tradition it's like curious about like what is the most intimate we can know is the closest we can know another way of asking that is who are we really right? we habitually identify with our thoughts or our conditioning or our bodies but the essence tradition is saying okay yes those are the conditions of the reality in which we find ourselves human being subject to sickness, suffering, old age, eventually death. And, and part of being a human being is that we're aware and we can know this awareness. And that's where this kind of like essence aspect of the Zen tradition comes in is an invitation to recognize the ground of mind what's before thought or behind thought. A popular way this question is asked in the Zen tradition is, what is your original face before your parents were born or before your grandparents were born? Before a single thought arises, sometimes it's asked, before a single thought arises, what is your original face? So it's this invitation to like stop falling for the magic tricks of mind. There will always be more content coming. That's part of the nature of the mind, of thought. It will continue to generate. It's the creativity of the universe coming through as thought. And our bodies will continue to have sensations. And the other senses will continue to function and that's not all of who we are. 
that's the conditioned aspect of who we are. But there's also an unconditioned aspect that we can also know. And in knowing that, it can, in a way, change everything. Because we stop relating to thoughts or identity making or the suffering of the mind uh, as absolute truth. Perhaps you could say we stop believing our thoughts. Now, this word spaciousness or emptiness as mind ground, another way we could say that is love. Spaciousness is love. And maybe not in the traditional way that we think of love, because often when we think of love, it's conditional. Often it has to do with, if you really loved me, you would do such and such, or say such and such, or show in some specific way that we like to feel that we're needed or we're wanted or that we need to have in order to really feel or know love. And even if we don't want it to be conditioned, it's often conditioned just by the fact that we're human and we have these wants and we and these needs and these like deep often for us like deep wounds around belonging or being seen or being loved that like the way that we conceive and approach love like comes through filtered through our conditioning but there's another way to love and spaciousness is love unbounded And this is the heart of who we are. So we have access to this kind of love. Completely unconditional. But completely unconditional, you know, sometimes I think is not actually what we want. (laughs) But it's possible. And it's a real, you know, perspective shift. Perhaps beyond our wildest imaginings a pure kind of love that isn't particular. Spacious love is a love that accepts, that knows, that embraces whatever is arising in the moment simply because it is, simply because that's what's happening. It's like pure, non-judgmental awareness. Whatever is appearing is embraced, is known, is accepted, is allowed. Spaciousness, love is inseparable from any experience that is happening. The knowing, embracing, acceptance is so intimate. It's happening from within. So in the moment, as sensation arises, we may, conditioning may, the body may, the mind may react to it. But awareness, which is a step back from all of that, embraces it all. It embraces our 
reaction, thought, mind, body reaction, embraces the experience itself prior to the reaction, embraces whatever inner critic thoughts come up after the reaction, embraces it all. That kind of just deep love acceptance is the core of who we are is happening actually all on its own all of the time. Right now, it's happening. It is. In our deepest heart of hearts, in our most intimate experience, awareness is embracing it all. Even the resistance, even the pain, even our deepest wounds, embraced, loved, known, accepted. Now what is beautiful and inconceivable and perhaps truly miraculous is that this loving, spacious awareness functions on its own. It's not something you have to do or turn on or make happen. What we do in practice is, in a way, try to get out of the way <laughs> so that we can recognize it. So we can live more and more from that place. Different traditions use words like awareness or self with a capital S or awake awareness in the non-dual tradition they say the I am to point to this phenomena, this most intimate experience of being itself to this truth. What we are used to doing is getting caught up in the words, the content of our thoughts, the images of yesterday or yesterdays, nostalgia, regret, or some image of the future where we are happy or where we are suffering or where we are aging or incapacitated to some fearful degree, whichever ways your mind likes to go. Some of us are more disaster thinkers. Others of us are more fantastic thinkers. But we tend to you know, just go along with that. The mind is playing its tapes from yesterday. There's been studies that show that not over 90% of our thoughts we thought yesterday and the day before that we just keep repeating our mind keeps repeating you know a lot of it we don't even have much volition over it's just happening but then we get kind of caught up in it and we either try to stop it or change it or just go along with it and meanwhile awareness is functioning freely embracing it all open spacious knowing and yet we're like 
attending to the small speck of what's happening in awareness, this particular thought, and we contract around it, or we see images in our mind's eye and hear thoughts and mistake them as, as truth. Within this cacophony of thoughts, within this torrential upswelling of feelings and emotions, within this television-like pictures of images, the mind ground is spacious and loving and embracing it all without judgment, without fear, without distortion, without regret. Simple, deep acceptance, non-stop. That is how awareness is unconditional love for it all not sappy love because that's conditioned it's unconditional love deep 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 fundamental acceptance and yet it's like why do we choose why do we choose thought over that deep fundamental love it can seem like some like grave error that our attention is so oriented around this magical illusion that the mind can create and tell us that it's true yet we know on some level that it's conditioned we know on some level that our thoughts aren't completely true Why react with such will or desperation to the conditions of mind, body, heart when we can't possibly control them? When they just keep coming nonstop? When our destiny is sickness, old age, if we're lucky, death? As is the destiny of all those we know and love. So the Dharma invites another option. The Dharma invites first the practice of stopping. Stop reacting to the contents of thought, emotion, image. I know, easier said than done. That's why we do this whole meditation. (laughs) That's why we do this whole sitting. It's a stopping, physical stopping. It's not, and this is where I think we can sometimes get confused, it's not stop thinking. And that's virtually impossible to do. I mean, there are deep states of concentration, but that, that's also a conditioned state. And when we meditate a lot, we can learn to really choose to turn off the mind at times. But what's actually more profound than that is stop reacting to the contents of thought, emotion, image. And sometimes we catch that at like the fifth reaction and we can stop reacting there. Like, okay, there's a sensation and we tense up around it and then we criticize ourselves for tensing up around it and then 
we start thinking about something else and then we catch it and there we can accept we cannot react we can like you know it's wherever part of the chain we get to when we become aware that's where we can stop and that again it can change everything so first is stopping and then we can look back at the nature of mind the nature of heart the nature of the self the one who is aware the one who recognized and we can begin to recognize the spacious loving nature of our own being ah yes we all have this innate functioning this innate spacious awareness that is embracing everything that's happening all the contents of our our hearts our deepest most secret thoughts accepting them all seeing them as the spontaneous arising of creation itself happening through us not blaming us not shaming us not telling us to do something else deep fundamental acceptance is our nature and we can recognize that and then we can learn eventually to rest in it and here there everything changes it's like turning like figure ground reversal as something chosen would say so here's another analogy i find experientially to the point have you ever looked in a mirror and just looked what happens ordinarily when you look in a mirror i know for me i quickly notice what's wrong and even more quickly just try to fix it it's like sometimes not even a single thought it's like brush hair poke at pimple pluck nose hair chin hair wash face notice wrinkles sometimes the actions are accompanied by thoughts of self-criticism less name calling now with years of practice but sometimes still self-criticism this is identity mind identity mind can be very active in front of the mirror or in front of the zoom self-view see react see react that's identity mind the same thing is happening when we're meditating and a thought appears to the untrained mind it's just see react see react feel react feel react And what happens when you walk away from the mirror after spending 30 seconds or 10 minutes criticizing yourself? There's anxiety, maybe fear, sadness, depression, low energy, distraction, restlessness. Same thing can happen when we spend days on end reacting to the contents in our mind, the contents in our body. There's also the option of looking in the mirror and just seeing, not reacting. 
or noticing the thoughts without reacting. So if the thought comes up, we don't have to follow it. We can just see our face, hair, age spots, pimples, pores, whatever it is. Because that's what the mirror does. Right? It just reflects. Equally reflects my face, my partner's face, anybody's face who walks in front of it unlike those mirrors and cartoons that it breaks when it sees a certain face, right? It just reflects all faces. Even the wall reflects that equally. Or the darkness. Whatever is put in front of it reflects the dust. And what happens when we look into the mirror itself? So like these are stages of meditation. You know, first we're often reacting to the contents in our mind because that's the habit. We've done that our whole lives, maybe for lifetimes. And then with meditation, with mindfulness, so we're like attending to the breath, we have more of an ability to just allow what's happening to happen being like that mirror just reflecting a breath happening thoughts happening not reacting to them not trying to get rid of them you know we have moments of this right and then we can begin to get curious about the one who is meditating the one who is looking the one who is noticing recognizing just like we can get curious about the mirror. You know, so often when we're looking at a mirror, we're just like looking at the contents and we're reacting to the contents that we kind of forget that there's this mirror here that's pretty magical piece of material, that it has this capacity to just reflect. And so we can like actually look at the mirror itself and recognize some of its qualities clarity, non-judgment. And similarly with the mind, we can look back at our awareness and notice some of its qualities. Spaciousness, non-judgment, deep acceptance, clarity. Very similar to a mirror. Then you going even a little bit further, the mirror is the ground of appearances. Just like spacious awareness is the ground, what we say, the ground of mind, the ground of being. The appearances, the face, room, darkness, tile, whatever comes in front of the mirror, those appearances, they come and go. Just like thoughts, body sensations, feelings, they actually do come and go. Even a looping thought has a beginning, a middle, and an end before it begins again. So the mirror, spacious, all-embracing, reflects. When a face is reflected in the mirror, you could say that the mirror and the face are, are one. The appearance of the face that's in the mirror. They're inseparable. Just like when 
our minds are aware of thought. Thought and mind or awareness are one. And this can be also something we can get curious about. What is the appearance in the mirror made of? It's not actually my face. It's just an appearance. Our thoughts that arise in our mind, the images that arise in our mind, they're not actually who I, we are. They're just an appearance. And yet they're inseparable from awareness. Awareness is all-embracing. So this is, um, I think, a very good analogy for awareness. When thoughts appear, when feelings appear, when sensations of the body appear, awareness and body, awareness and feelings, awareness and thoughts are one. They're inseparable. So just as we can recognize the clarity of the ground of the mirror, we can recognize spaciousness as the ground of mind, the ground of being ground of our being. So I was um, introducing this practice during the meditation that's called the three skies. I didn't name it during the meditation. And it starts with a spaciousness of body. And that's something we can tune into. And it's like we're just practicing this figure ground reversal. Like I said, we're often identified with body sensations or reacting to body sensations, trying to push them away or um, make more of the good ones. Hold on to or distract ourselves. So this is an invitation to begin to notice the space within the body. And it's an invitation and it has a playful quality to it. So it's a little different than a concentration practice. Often when I do this, I close my eyes and just begin to sink into what is the felt experience of the body. And then beginning to notice and you can choose a part of the body to begin with. So to keep your mind focused in one area or else the mind often will just go ping-ponging around right so you can like invite attention to be in the heart center or in the left palm like wherever you can focus and then beginning to notice often attention just wants to glob on to the sensations and that's not a bad thing but it's also noticing that is there space around those sensations and as you begin to get curious about space, space will begin to open up. It might take a few days of practicing this. It might take a few weeks. It kind of depends on how familiar you already are with spaciousness. You begin to feel like, oh, is there space even within those sensations that are arising? And then you can get curious and move, like, move your awareness through your body. How deep is the space within your body? How tall? How wide? Is your whole, can you open to the whole body as spaciousness? 
with sensations arising within that space. And if it starts to get to like too fuzzy, you can come back to a more concrete sensation and explore spaciousness there. And then the next sky is opening to the sky of the room or the sky sky, the spaciousness. Um, you'd say the spaciousness outside the body. And just beginning to notice and you know, play around with is that the same space? The space within the body and the space surrounding your body or is the space in the room or the space of the sky? And whatever amount of space feels like something you can explore. So for some people, like opening up to the space of the sky is like helps them really feel into the spaciousness of awareness, its limitlessness. For others, it can be just more grounding or um, experientially relevant to just focus on the space surrounding the body and really get like clear about that felt sense in, in embodied awareness, really knowing, oh, I can feel the space behind me, above me, to the right and to the left. Now, how, how far out can I go until I lose connection to the space? Just feeling that, letting awareness, spacious awareness in the body begin to meld with spacious awareness in the room. And then next is the secret space. So it's inner outer secret. And that's the space of mind. So the space between surrounding thought, behind thought. And you're letting all three spaces, which are really not three, but sometimes we feel them as three, um, become one. Letting awareness blend with the space of the body, with the space of the room. So it's one seamless awareness space where everything is arising. And that awareness space is the ground of being. It's all embracing, non-judgmental. And you can be that for moments. Just see how all sensations arise in awareness, thoughts, identity, self, body, feelings, arise in space and transform and move through space like appearances in the mirror. Move around in the mirror and then eventually disappear. So also another way of practicing this is to look in a mirror or look in your Zoom screen. And mirrors work better. I, we tried this once. We did a mirror meditation and some people were using their Zoom screen and mirrors are different um, because they have that reflective quality and you can really look into a mirror and you feel that different kind of like depth and, and see the clarity of the, the mirror itself. So you can practice doing that, which, you know, all of those steps are relevant. <laughs> like 
noticing how reactive the mind can be when looking in the mirror and then see can I just look accepting all of the stuff that comes up without reacting to it which means like you know don't brush your hair or brush your teeth right away just sit there and all the thoughts may come up but just sit there and then see can you zoom out and just look at the mirror letting everything that's reflected your face and the room be reflected in the mirror as an appearance happening in the mirror hmm. well thank you everyone for being here it's beautiful to practice with you and share the Dharma teachings with you uh, I'm curious if anyone has any questions or anything you'd like to uh, share or discuss 